Kia ora. Welcome to the House. The farewell speech of a former Prime Minister is not a common occurrence at Parliament. The most recent one was from Bill English five years ago in 2018. And this week, it was Jacinda Ardern's chance. The debating chamber and its galleries were unusually packed, and the mood was upbeat. Today, I'll run you through some of the themes and highlights from the event. Like the advice from The Sound of Music, the former PM began at the very beginning, remembering her matching first speech in Parliament. If I'm honest, I was probably more than a little shocked to be here. A feeling that even after 15 years never quite left me. But the reasons I came here, they never left me either. They're all there in my maiden speech, climate change, child poverty, inequality. I am, after all, a conviction-based politician. And I've always believed this to be a place where you can make a difference. I leave knowing that to be true. But despite that, I've become used to my time as Prime Minister being distilled down into a different list. A domestic terror attack, a volcanic eruption, a pandemic. A series of events where I found myself in people's lives during their most grief-stricken or traumatic moments. Their stories and phases remain etched in my mind and likely will forever. That is the responsibility and privilege of the role of Prime Minister. A role I never thought I was meant to have. It's fair to say that 2017 involved a surprising chain of events. (laughs) She then spent a few minutes speaking specifically about climate change, particularly to make a plea of other MPs. Climate change is a crisis. It is upon us. And so one of the very few things I will ask of this House on my departure is that you please take the politics out of climate change. Possibly the natural segue from there was to the Green Party. To the Green Party especially James and Marama. I've enjoyed working with you immensely, and I've seen how tireless you both are, even when you're thrown into your own party processes that from the outside look something akin to the Squid Games. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the personal support I have felt from both of you. Outgoing MPs' speeches often break into predictable elements. Things proudly achieved, things learned, things left unfinished, personal takes on events, poignant and or funny anecdotes, and many, many thank yous. If they're doing it well, they try and hit multiple points at once. Now, one project Jacinda Ardern wishes had been completed was better air access for New Zealand realm country, Tokelau. The beginning and completion of Tokelau's airstrip. A project I felt strongly about after visiting this beautiful, beautiful but remote realm country. I know if they'd told me in advance that visiting Tokelau in the absence of a place to dock would instead mean climbing onto what looked like an IRB whilst it's hanging over the side of a moving ship and then being dropped into the ocean by a very qualified, I'm sure, but very young-looking sailor, (laughs) all while straddling what looks and feels like a unicycle seat whilst wearing a (laughs) politasi. I would absolutely still have gone. I just would have worn bike pants. (laughs) Every outgoing MP has things they're proud of and things they wish they could have taken further. 
Jacinda Ardern, for example, was proud that there were 77,000 fewer children living in low-income households, but she said that wasn't few enough. But aside from such projects, there were very few things I aspired to do in politics that have a natural end point. Poverty, inequality, ending environmental degradation. If you ever claim it's job done on those issues, you set the bar too low. Politics has never been a tick list for me. It's always been about progress. Sometimes you can measure it and sometimes you can't. We won't ever know the long-term benefits of banning conversion therapy, especially for our young people, or what it means to our Pacific communities that we finally apologise for the dawn raids. There will be no list of the lives saved because of the banning of military-style semi-automatic weapons. We won't know how we left women feeling about the ability to make their own choices when this parliament decriminalised abortion, or when we improved pay equity, put period products into schools, or reach 50% representation of women in parliament. And while these things may not feature heavily in the history books when they write about the years 2017 to 2023, which will likely be a very heavy few chapters, they are still nonetheless things I feel very proud of. There are things I feel confident will feature though. A valedictory is not a place to summarise a pandemic. No one has the time for that kind of group therapy. <laughs> there is no question it was an incredibly tough experience for our nation at the bottom of the world. And I will concede a tough experience personally. A few weeks ago, to mark my departure, Dame Juliet gave me a mug. It had on it a graph depicting excess lives lost across developed nations. New Zealand had fared the best. If it wasn't so unorthodox for a valedictory, I would probably hold it up for no other reason than I love a house prop <laughs> and to remind everyone what it was all for. You saved people's lives. Was it hard? Absolutely but we'll never know who you kept on this earth to know how truly worth it it was. There was quite a bit of fascinating discussion about the pandemic years scattered through, but we don't actually have time for that in this cut. You can, though, watch or listen to or indeed read the full speech on the RNZ website. Just search for The House. Another event in an era of much awfulness were the attacks on the Christchurch mosques. There were many moments that have left me bereft, though. I still struggle to talk about March 15. There is an image from the day after the attack that was taken of me through a window. And I don't believe I've mentioned what was happening in the moments it was taken. We'd brought together a group of politicians to travel to Christchurch and the Defence Force carried us. On the way down, I'd seen the front page of the paper and the image of a member of the Muslim community covered in blood in the aftermath of the attack. It was a devastating picture. As we arrived at the meeting venue in Christchurch, we were greeted by a range of community members. Sitting in the front row was the same person who had only hours before been photographed. As he stood to speak, I did not know what to expect. But what came next was one of the most profound memories I have of that period. He thanked us. Here was someone who had been through the most horrific experience I could imagine and he thanked New Zealand and expressed gratitude for his home. 
There is much we must all continue to do in the aftermath of March 15. I consider the work of the Christchurch call to action amongst them, and I feel honoured and grateful to continue work on the issue of radicalisation and violent extremism online. But the most significant task for us all, as a nation, is to live up to the expectations that those who experienced it have of us, to deserve their thanks. To the Muslim community of Aotearoa, New Zealand, you have humbled me beyond words. Assalamu alaikum. The former PM spent quite some time thanking her colleagues and staff and family with stories and reminiscences, some of them very funny, and it's a pity not to have time for them. She finished, though, with her partner and her replacement. And to my love, Clark, not many politicians have a partner within they say, I'm thinking of leaving politics, reply, I think you should stay. <laughs> but that's who you are. You're fiercely loyal. You always had my back. But you are also a fighter. You believe in three things fiercely. Social justice, protecting our oceans, and that a good tea should have decent brew time. <laughs> Thank you for keeping my cup full and for personally enduring so much rubbish. You are a keeper. I know I leave this place in good hands, especially with the leadership of Deputy Prime Minister Carmel Cipollone and Prime Minister Hipkins, or Chippy to me. I was thinking of ways that I could summarise who Chippy is for me. It's not just who he is in a crisis, it's who he is in life. In the aftermath of Cyclone Gabrielle, I called Chippy to see how he was. I could hear I was on speakerphone as he described another busy day. What up to you now, I said. I'm making the kids lunches for tomorrow, he said. He then went on to describe in quite some detail what he was planning to put in each corner of their bento box. <laughs> it's fair to say he lunchbox shamed me. <laughs> Chippy is thoughtful, focused, and importantly, he's caring. We're all in good hands. And in the final section of her valedictory statement, Jacinda Ardern told a series of stories with a connected theme, with the intent of encouraging others to follow her path. And now it's time for me to leave this place to the amazing people around me. But I want to spend the, just a, the last few moments I have here talking not about why I joined them, but why others should. And not just in Parliament, but in leadership. I was a warrior. I anticipated that everything that could go wrong would. Some might say the worst possible character trait to have as a politician or the best, depending on how you cut it. While I convince myself that you cannot be a warrior and be in this place, you can. You can be that person and you can be here. I'm sensitive, or as Maggie Barry once called me, a precious petal. <laughs> I remember in my early days being thrown by the odd nasty comment or negative commentary. I even went to Trevor Mallard for advice on how to harden up. <laughs> I thought that I would need to change dramatically to survive. I didn't change. I leave this place as sensitive as I ever was, prone to dwell on the negative, hating question time so deeply that I would struggle to eat most days beforehand. And I am here to tell you, you can be that person and you can be here. I am a crier and a hugger. It's instinctive to me. 
I remember going into the aftermath of Fakare and seeing a comment about how I was just going in to hug people again. It stuck with me. So much so that when a first responder who was emotionally telling me about their experience, I had an internal argument with myself as to whether I should comfort them when I knew I would likely be criticised. I would rather be criticised for being a hugger than being heartless. And so hug I did a lot. <laughs> you can be that person and you can be here. I'm a mother. I obviously didn't start out that way. When I ran for parliament in my 20s, I remember being afraid that I was choosing a path that meant I wouldn't get to have children. Because who has a personal life in parliament? I was lucky. The job brought me to Clark, but having kids was a whole other challenge. When I was 37 years old, I was told there were a range of factors that meant I hadn't been able to get pregnant, and stress was probably one of them. We decided to use the help of science, but as so many couples experienced, that wasn't straightforward. I'd not long experienced a failed IVF round when I became leader of the Labour Party. I thought that I'd found myself on a path that meant I wouldn't be a mother. Rather than process that, I campaigned to become Prime Minister. <laughs> a rather good distraction as far as they go. Imagine my surprise when a couple of months later I discovered I was pregnant. There is no question I've had incredible support to be the mother I wanted to be, from the office team who tried to get me home for story time and Neve's village who were there when I wasn't. But I leave knowing I was the best mother I could be. You can be that person and you can be here. Now I cannot determine what will define my time in this place, but I do hope I've demonstrated something else entirely, that you can be anxious, sensitive, kind and wear your heart on your sleeve. You can be a mother or not. You can be an ex-Mormon or not. You can be a nerd, a crier, a hugger. You can be all of these things. And not only can you be here, you can lead just like me. Nōreira, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou You've been listening to a selection of moments from Jacinda Ardern's valedictory statement, her final speech in Parliament. Parliament now takes a three-week break for the Easter school holidays and MPs will be back in the debating chamber in the first week of May. You've been listening to The House. It's a whakaranga koe kite This programme is produced with funding from Parliament. Mātua.